Welcome back to the Breakside Podcast. This is your ultimate destination for in-depth collegiate professional frisbee discussions and interviews. I'm your host, David Adamitis. This is episode four of At the Whiteboard, where we break down different elements of the ultimate frisbee experience. Today, we'll be breaking down the idea of spirit of the game. And like always, as if you've been following the series of At the Whiteboard, it's not just me. We're back with Garrett Hallinan. So, Garrett, it's great to have you for episode four. It's kind of crazy we've done four of these already, but I'm really excited to dive into this topic with you. Yeah, this month's certainly flown by. It's been been awesome doing these few episodes, and I think spirit of the game is, is a good topic, and I think that it's something for all people in the Frisbee community to be appreciative of because it is something that is so special to this to this game, the fact that for the most part, guys get to make their own calls. And there's there's a lot of integrity that goes with that. And sometimes it can be hard and there can be there can be miscommunications and there can be frustration that comes from having to make your own calls. But at the end of the day, um, I do think that it's for the best um, for for most teams to have to play in that sort of in, in that sort of way, that sort of style, because it really builds you up as a man. Um, it builds up women as well because a lot of them have to have to deal with those situations of um, self-officiating. But I'm proud to be an ultimate player. I know so many people are, and we can really attribute it to the fact that spirit of the game is such a big part of it. It's special. It's incredibly unique. It's probably fair to say that frisbee is the only sport that has something like this. And you said that you said it exactly right. The, the first thing, the major thing about spirit of the game is integrity. And that is making your own calls, right? There are a lot of situations where, you know, a foul occurs and there tend to be a dispute or an argument even sometimes of what happened there. And this is where the spirit of the game is really headlined in, in what it is, is, for example, if, if you followed me on a, on a throw, I'm going to call that. And if you think that fall actually occurred, you have the duty in a way to this game and integrity of this game to uh, you know go along with the, what the right call is and it's it's not just the individual it's a team collective uh, as well where if that situation did happen between you and i it's not where a teammate comes in and starts yelling or you know even infuriating the argument even more they respect the call respect your opponent respect your teammate of what did occur and then you resume play and go on from there it's as simple as, <clears throat> excuse me, contest or no contest. That what it boils down. That's what it boils down to. And so, <clears throat> what you're saying is spot on. When you make that throw and you feel like it's a foul, call foul. It's really important for players to realize it's their responsibility to do that. Um, when there aren't observers around, when there aren't referees around, they ha- it's important for the offensive player to make that call. And then it's it's real neat that the that the defensive player either gets to agree with that call. And say, you know what, no contest, I agree, I slapped you clean on the arm. Or he could say, no, I contest that call. I really don't think that I fouled you. I don't think that I slapped your arm, or I don't think that I gave you a shove. A lot of times what tends to happen is that defensive players will say, no, I contest that. I don't think that I fouled you. And that's okay. It solves the problem real quick. The disc just goes back to where it was, and then the play continues. So um, thankfully in the sport of ultimate, there's really not too much fighting or disagreements that occur. I know there are some, but because there's such a simple way of going about those situations, the, that quick dialogue that takes place, things tend to roll over just fine. Now, looking at the situation and in, in our, my own experience, I'm sure with yours as well, Garrett, 
there is a problem that occurs when the, when this rule does break down. And I think most commonly that occurs when players simply don't know the rules. And I think this happens a lot, you know, kind of club teams, college teams that new players come on and you're just used to throwing the disc around your background in your backyard. You're not used to playing an actual game of ultimate. So you don't really understand what a pick is or what disc space is for, you know, when you're guarding a player. And that's why I think some of these disagreements can come come to. But that's a great place where, you know, a captain or a coach can step in who has that experience and can say, no, this is what happened. This is what you can or cannot do in that situation and really just smooth over what happened. And that comes again where a certain level of integrity is needed for that captain or coach to step in and say, no, like this is what actually should be. And then it's a great way to to really teach, again, what the spirit of the game is all about. It's good, too, for <clears throat> players to read the rulebook. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I've played Ultimate for five years, and I've never read the rulebook, so I'm not going to act as if I've done that. But just for people to know, there certainly is a rulebook out there. Um, and David and I have a friend. His name's Taylor Stewart, and we always relied on him for the rules. And so it's nice to have at least somebody on the team who has read the rulebook or at least has a good understanding from it because then your knowledge as a player can stem from that particular person and you can learn from him. Or if you have a coach, your coach most likely has a, has some sort of familiarity with the rule book. Obviously that's really good. But um, what's even better from reading the book is just playing in those games. And like you're saying, David, building on that experience of in-game situations, because throwing the disc around in your backyard, like you're saying is great, but you won't actually know what's fully going on until you've, played in that real game and there's such a big difference between playing in a scrimmage with your friends and playing against another team the formality changes right the level of expectation changes where other guys from other teams expect you to have an idea as to what's going on if you're playing with your buddies it's not as big of a deal if you make this call or that call but when you're playing in a real game it's important that you that you've asked those questions beforehand right if you're going to be a good contributor to the sport of ultimate. If you're going to be a part of the spirit of the game, it's good to ask questions beforehand to your teammates. That way, when you go to those in-game situations, you're able to play the game the right way. One thing I really love about the USAU organization is they put a strong emphasis on the spirit of the game. And this is really headlined at, you know, pretty big tournaments, especially at nationals is where there's always a team that receives the spirit of the game award. And obviously it's, it's, you know, you're not winning the gold medal or bronze or silver, whatever it is, but you're recognized for the level of competition you have for the integrity you have and display. And that's so important. And when an organization puts that much emphasis on something, I think it's really important for players to take note, especially when you're competing at those sanctioned tournaments, that this is actually something very important it dictates what this sport is all about, and you're participating in that sport. Then, yes, you, you need to abide by that. You need to follow that. And when teams do have that culture, I want to shout out here, Union University. We had Connor Rigby on this podcast a couple weeks ago, and that team is probably one of the friendliest, nicest team to ever play against. Sure, they're very competitive. They're scrappy. They'll get after it, and you'll have a really good game with them. But they will always lend a helping hand to lift you up. They're going to talk through the rules. They're very kind in how it is. and That's what this spirit of the game is about, right? You're going to be very competitive, but it's going to be a good, wholesome experience. And 
the USAU organization, they push that. They recognize it. it's something very special and very unique about this sport. Post game two is great. You'll see certain teams get together with the other team at the end of the game. And again, shout out to Union Jacks for doing this because it really was a special moment when you get together in that circle and it ha- you have to get everybody as every other. So you've got a Union Jacks player, then an Ave Maria player, Union Jacks, Ave Maria. And you do that mix and Maybe you just get to know the guy next to you and have a little quick conversation and then you get to just kind of break down the game. And there are teams who also will give a shout out to a particular player on the other team and said, hey, we really like the way this guy played. And that can be that is really good and really wholesome when teams are able to connect in that way. And something else along with that, too, that happens post game for any ultimate game, at least that I've ever been a part of, is that the one team does a cheer for the other team. Like, thank you, Union Jacks, or thank you, Barry Bucks, or whatever it is. That is just such a nice way to end the game. Whether it was a real close game, or if it was a blowout, whatever, that's part of the spirit of the game, giving that other team a shout-out and just saying, thank you so much for playing us today. Thank you for this opportunity. We really enjoyed it. It was it was fun. And even if it wasn't so fun, maybe it's a scrappy game, but that's, that's part of it, too. Like, regardless, win or lose – uh, by a large margin, small margin, whatever, it doesn't matter. You you give that other team a cheer. That's part of the spirit of the game. That's something that I've always really enjoyed. In the same vein of post game, where you know sometimes tempers can be a little hot. You know, like you just said it's a scrappy game. Is leave it on the field, right? There's no reason to ever take a tough call or tough play off the field and let that affect you. There's there's so much about your disposition, your energy as a player, whether it's positive or negative, it affects your team. I think it affects the opposing team as well. And that, it's not a good rep for this sport. This sport is so much about how you present yourself. And like you said, cheering for the, your opponent, even if you got blown out, right? That shows so much of what you are as a character of a person, as an organization. It, it speaks volumes. It's so special. So I don't think there's ever really an appropriate time where you're going to take something that happened on the field and you're going to carry it with you off the field. There's no point. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help this game. It doesn't help your opponent. So just another another note of how of how that works in the postgame. Some teams have really, really good chance and they do them over and over again. And you, you might not even be part of the game, but you're just watching as a fan and you're like, wow, that's really cool. Like, that's really fun, whether it's like, oh, line or something like that, where it's just repetitive. But it's like, that's really, really cool. Or for Ave, it's like, Ave, 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 Ave. And you hear these chants just ringing across the fields. And there's this sort of chorus. And it's just so nice to hear because you don't even have to be a Frisbee fan necessarily to enjoy this experience because you're just seeing the joy and the happiness that's being felt and shared amongst all these players doing all of their ridiculous little chance and their celebrations and whatnot and it's fun and it really is and it's good um and sometimes after a point two teams will have their celebrations but i've never experienced it where it's like really blown out of proportion it's just it's just good uh natured fun and so many times in ultimate you see a guy make a good play and maybe one of his well maybe the defender goes tumbling down and you'll see that guy help him up like that's part of spirit of the game. That's a beautiful thing to get to witness as a spectator, even somebody who's not a part of the game. Just to see that across the board really is an amazing thing. So much about what the spirit of the game is. When people look at that, I think they, they first think of the, of the refing, the self-officiating observers in a game. We touched on that at the beginning of this. But I want to go back, and I think 
spend a little bit of time here because that is what people I think focus on when they think of spirit of the game where for the general population out there, you're playing your club games, you're playing league, you're playing college. It's going to be self-officiated. You will be making their own calls. However, when you get more in the club scene or upper level college tournaments, especially maybe in the championship games, you're going to have what are observers there. That's something Garrett and I experienced, you know, playing the regional championship game for uh, D3 Frisbee. And honestly, we weren't really prepared for it. It was definitely kind of a different feel to the game. It added a little bit more pressure to it. Where these observers come in is, say there is a disagreement between Garrett and I of what the call should be on the field. You can turn to the observer and say what happened, and they are able to uh, add input and make a call there. And it's a very different feel. I think I think it's good because it adds another level of professionalism and can keep the game going when there is a disagreement that can sometimes span for minutes. You get a whole team involved, and then you really lose the flavor of what the spirit of the game is. This observer is able to come in, step in, and say, hey, no, this is what I saw as an outside eye who kind of typically has a better view of the situation and say, no, this is what it is. This is now the result of that play. Let's continue to play. I think that's a really good thing. It's not always very common, though. And one of the turnoffs of college frisbee and club is the fact that certain calls can take so long. And we've had a couple of people on this podcast. I think Ryan Osgar talked about it a while ago. Or, you know, I think it was actually Cam Brock. Cam Brock said that with club frisbee, you run into the frustrations of people disagreeing and things just dragging on. And a game that should only be taking – X amount of minutes ends up taking way more than that just because there's been so much disagreement. So what David's saying is so true. The fact that these observers can come in and and make these good calls, keep the game flowing, that's important. And then you go to the AUDL. Um, I just mentioned Cam Brock a second ago. He plays for the Indiana Alley Cats. And for in that level of Frisbee, um, that sense of professionalism that we've been talking about certainly just continues to rise where – that person um, who's there on the field, there's actually multiple refs. They're not merely observers, they're refs. So they actually make the calls live. And those discussions aren't um, as frequent. I'm sure they still occur a little bit, maybe in the AUDL, maybe not um, as much. But the ref will say, look, that was a travel. You need to go back. And then the player literally has to go back 10 yards and then continue play. So it's more continuous and it's more engaging um, for the audience that way there's just not this stop and go stop and go that's a great point and it is interesting what the AUDL is doing is they're producing a very exciting fast-paced game that's great if you're there in person or if you're watching it you know over your tv if you're live streaming it whatever the case is it's very viewable it's great content for that that is in stark contrast to the content you know produced in the club scene like you just said, it's, it's that stop and go kind of feel. You're going to have disagreements. There'll be some arguments out there. So it's, it's a kind of a deviation from more of the spirit of the game where you have these refs making those calls. Yet it seems as if it's elevating the publicity for Frisbee. So I think it's an interesting topic to have for a lot of Frisbee players. I think probably for some of the older generation that have been playing for a long time is they're used to the club scene where it's self-officiated. And that is the quote unquote, this is what the spirit of the game is. But I think if you look at the AUDL, you can have a very strong element of the spirit of the game in that scene, too. Just because there are refs there, it doesn't remove that. You know, everything that Garrett and I have been talking about up till now, all those different little parts of the game, those are still very present. And I think with very qualified refs out there, 
they can bring their own spirit to the game by making very fair calls, prompt reaction to that. And as a player, you got to be humble in a way and say, okay, this happened. Let's react. Let's get over it. Now let's continue play. And I really hope that instant replay never works itself into the game of ultimate because I think that in so- sometimes in some situations in sports across the board, it can be good. But I also think that a lot of times instant replay can take away from the spirit of the game because the spirit of the game, it's supposed to take place in that moment. Like there shouldn't, in my opinion, having those cameras around showing you exactly what happened in this point of time, it's so much different from live action. And so what AUDL is doing is great, right? Having the refs, having the game speed up, everything else. But I just hope that in the future, they don't bring in <laughs> instant replay to Frisbee. That's just what I think. I am curious, David, what do you think about that? Uh, it's definitely an interesting take. And I know I've definitely watched AUDL games, you know, live stream and laptop, especially championship weekend this past year, which is very exciting games there. And they will show those replays when a ref makes a call and you can sit there and you make your own opinion of it. But as of now, it's the players in the field, they, they snap to, they make their, the call is made and they react and go. That's interesting. I think one element you could lose with instant replay is, is a really good like show of a character on a field where I'll shout out another person, Justin Burnett uh, plays for Atlanta hustle. He loves the idea of just get over it and move on. And I think that's, that really shows the character of a player where a call is made. Okay, this happened. Let's move on. Let's, I'm going to show you how good of a player I am by actually turning the situation into X, Y, Z and let's go. And I think that's, that's a really good thing to have in sports. I agree. I agree with that. And it's just it's just funny thinking of these other sports and you see the players then looking up at the screen and they've got the hands on the hips and all the fans are making all of these crazy noises and booing and whatnot. And again, I, I see where it can be beneficial for hoops and football and whatever the sport is. But for Frisbee, just the nature of it is it's so good and it's so wholesome. And um, I do think it is good that they do give the viewers on the streams the opportunity to see plays. I think that's awesome. But um, I do. Yes, I just do hope that players can continue to just move on. Right. Ha- just developing that next play mentality is so important. And, and it definitely adds to the spirit of the game, just being able to take it and leave it. Just like you're saying, David, about Justin, um, who plays for the hustle. And so um, that's definitely yeah, that's definitely just what I think there about the spirit of the game. And when you look at spirit of the game, who who teaches us? How do you learn this? I think the, the utmost responsibility comes to the coaches and the captains and then to kind of your senior players on your team, your veterans have been around for a little bit. They have that responsibility to pass on this information, this this style, this character of what this game is and to teach those young players when you're going to those situations where you're not sure you should never be hot headed. But, um, you know, Garrett, we've, we've chatted with you before about this. And just kind of let this serve as a closing remark for you. You were in a captain place. You were in a, level, a place of leadership on the team. How do you facilitate spirit of the game to other guys in your team? Words of affirmation. <laughs> That's great. I love those. I've talked about those before on this podcast. But just assuring that guys are having fun out there. And Connor Rigby talked about this uh, on the podcast very recently. And he said that it's it's just Frisbee and it's just a game. We know that. But at the core of it, it's all about having fun. It's all about being becoming a better man or a better woman from playing the game. That's what it's all about. Win or lose doesn't really matter at the end of the day. 
But being able to say, hey, I grew because of this sport or because of this play or this person, that's long lasting. That's what's impactful. That's what Frisbee's all about is that growth and development of the person as an athlete and also um, just overall. Incredible. Thank you. And everyone out there, thank you for tuning into this episode, episode four of At the Whiteboard the spirit of the game. We hope that you really got a lot out of this, that you can elevate, take this and elevate your own game, your own team. And just once again, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you let us know your thoughts in the comment section here on the podcast. And then as well over on Instagram at breakside underscore podcast. This is David Adamitis and Garrett Hallinan. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Clutch money city. Dope.